Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast. Today we are recapping episodes 11 and 12 of The Bad Batch in full spoiler details. So if you haven't seen the episode, I would get out of here and go watch them. Uh, and I'm here with uh, my, my good buddy, Tommy. Tommy, how are you? I'm good, Michael. And remember, when we're doing this podcast, it's all about strategy. Make sure it's strategy or I'm out. You know, I, I heard podcasting was all about a feeling. It's a feeling, right? I, you know, just, I guess that's where we are. We're two sides of a coin. I'm all strategy, strategy, strategy. <laughs> and you're over there all just uh, going off feelings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds just like us. So, Tommy, I'm, I'm curious. This is like a, a very interesting two episode arc that we got here. Um, obviously, because it, it, especially the first episode, episode 11, we focus a lot more on Hera, of all people. And uh, we we it's a more it's more like the Bad Batch were like a cameo in that. So um, look, and, and I I got things to say about it. You know, uh, there, there's a uh, it, it's it's fun to see this stuff. I, I don't think that like I, I none of these rebels cameos or or storylines have done anything to like make me rethink the characters in any way or like reveal anything new. Right? Like it, I feel like. It's just like, oh, well, there, there's Chopper again, and, and he's doing his thing, you know. And maybe and maybe they're trying to, like, step away from, like, like going too far into, like, origin stories, you know. Because if you think about the prequels, like, I think a lot of people had problems with, like, um, or, or just the general concept of, like, oh, here's Darth Vader and as a child, and here's Boba Fett, but he's just a kid, you know. And it's like, maybe they were trying not to embrace that too much, but um, I, I don't know. What what do you feel about all this? Yeah, and I mean, it definitely worked out perfectly that we uh, we do two a week, and they happen to be like the two arc. Uh, but I think my thing with them doing these rebels cameos is like exactly what you said. It's not adding too much info. Like we already knew kind of her backstory and and um, the backstories of a lot of the rebels before. It's kind of now we're visually seeing it, which I don't mind. But I'm almost on your side of like give us something new give us something that's going to shake us about these if you're going to if you're going to go through and have characters come in and and maybe the only thing i can think of is like they're doing this sort of stuff to either a we're going to get some sort of uh rebels before the rebels side uh show that this is like you know maybe we'll get hera you know joining the rebels and and starting off as teenage hera and then we see how she becomes the hera we know in rebels the other thing is maybe they just want people to watch Rebels, right? Maybe this is like people – there's a lot of people I know who watch Clone Wars never watch Rebels, never touch it. They're like, hey, it's fine. Maybe this is their way of like, you like Clone Wars, you like the Bad Batch. Now look at these like characters that are from a show you may not have watched yet, but they're all connected. You'll like it if you like this stuff. I, I hear that, and that, that, that does make sense from their perspective. Um, it just starts to get a little weird for me when like um, – because uh, when Rebels started, I, if the Bad Batch was an idea, like there wasn't anything in stone as far as like creating content for it, right? Like, like nobody was sitting there in the first couple seasons of Rebels thinking about the Bad Batch and how they had influence over the Rebels characters. So, which is fine. That's fine. We're kind of going back and, and like filling in these blanks a little bit. But um, what's weird to me is the Bad Batch is becoming so involved with a lot of the Rebels characters that it's becoming unbelievable that we haven't heard about them. In rebels, right? So it's like it's like okay, we meet Hera this time, 
But we also, the Bad Batch is like, oh, little do you know, Hera, we just rescued your future lover and your, and we were just hanging out with your buddy Rex. You know, it's like, it's like they are so intertwined at this point. It's, it's almost too many, too many uh, cameos here for me. And I'm starting to think it won't stop. I think they're going to influence every single Rebels character. I, I really feel that. Like, we're going to see them go to Mandalore, and they're going to, you know, deal uh, deal over there, and we're going to get all that. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, it is almost too cute. Like, it's like, it, it's too on the nose. They're like, oh, this Bad Batch. The only thing I can see is, like, do they just, like, almost Rogue One us? And, like, they do something, sacrifice themselves, and that's why we don't see them or hear of them anymore is they just – they, they sacrifice themselves. Yes, and I am actually, we've got some feedback that I want to go over later in the show, um, just because I think it's a good way to close it out, but just talking about like what the show is doing and the future of it. So we'll, we'll put a pin on that for now, but uh, if, if you're ready, man, I, we'll just throw ourselves into our seven highlights. Yeah, I did want to say, like I, like, I am hyped about this episode. I think my thing and what you were talking about too is like, this is the Bad Batch though, and this did not feel like a Bad Batch storyline it was a great rebel story like i was amazed like i loved everything with Hera. i loved um again i lo- we talked about the politics the last time and i love like seeing how the influence of the empire is impacting every single planet regardless of you are separatists or not and so like that stuff i am super excited for i am super into the storyline uh compared to where i was in the beginning like i'm like i don't really know where they're going i like that it's now getting back into the empire stuff i think my frustration is just like how is this a bad, bad show? Right, right. And that, uh, yeah. And again, we've talked about it. It's it's a lot of context, which we want. We asked for that at the very beginning. But like, we want context to all of how the how the world works now that the Empire's taken over. Um, but maybe it's too much context and not enough, like, uh, new stuff. So We can like stuff and then also criticize yes, it, too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, but but since we're here, we, we've talked we've talked about it a little bit already. Highlight number one is all about uh, Hera and Chopper, and and look, I, I I can't deny like I I don't know that again we learned anything new particularly, but um, it it was it was awesome to see Hera again, and uh, yeah, Chopper. It, there's just, there's nothing new about Chopper. Uh, yeah, he, there he is. He's got his arms, and he's cute. I wanted more Chopper sass. Like Chopper yeah. is like the sassy robot who like grumbles around. I guess maybe he hasn't been hardened enough. We we need yeah. more hardened Chopper. But I, I mean, I did love this. Like the minute I saw they were on this planet, I was like, I think we're gonna get Hera. I like it just you know. And then I'm starting to see familiar uh, people. And when I see his, her dad, who like is in the Rebels, I was like, oh yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, Hera and Chopper. I mean, they're to some the, the the foundation of rebels like they're the heart you know Hera really is the one that keeps that family uh intact so it's interesting to see a more clueless Hera I, clueless maybe isn't the right word but a, a Hera who is more willing to risk things not really thinking through the plan uh was interesting to see yeah, and I'm gonna expose myself here as a uh, not necessarily hater, but I, I've talked about my my Star Wars series spreadsheet that I have, right? And, and this is this is the spreadsheet I give to people that want to watch animated shows, but they don't want to watch like 400 episodes, right? So I'll say, hey, you can skip these episodes. You don't have to, these aren't as important. I have to admit, uh, in my spreadsheet, I tell people to skip the Hera episode, like her backstory episodes. Uh, I've I've seen them, but I've rewatched Rebels like three times now, and every time I've gone back to rewatch it, I skip the Hera backstory stuff, 
or, or the stuff about her family. So it's not it's not something that's like super fresh for me, but um, uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to revisit those. We get so much Thrawn stuff in that though too. Like he took over the office and he's got all the relics up of them. Like he's been studying them, like their art exhibits. I love even if you don't like the Harris stuff, you should watch it for yeah, that. True. But I, I get what you're saying. It's like it to me when they got into the Harris stuff. It, again, it's almost like that didn't feel like Rebels. That felt more like Clone Wars, like where they would like go out and learn stuff of the different cultures and stuff. Like Rebels really wasn't like that. So when they did that with Hera, it was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. But it kind of is taking me off the like the Empire's still after us. They're they're behind us right now. Like, are we really gonna do this? <laughs> Uh, one of, one of like my favorite like moments and it's, it's not even like something grand. It was just like a really peaceful and like powerful moment for me. And like this entire series thus far is when Hera's outside, like that little Ryloth city and she's laying on the hill and she's like, she's looking at the birds and she's like using her hand and flying with them. Like, I thought that was very beautiful. And then like the, the way that like the stormtroopers kind of, like just look over her it was so daunting and like powerful and like that was that was like one of those things it's just like a uh a beautiful juxtaposition of her life really yeah and i mean it tells you so much about her without telling you anything about her like just right. like even hinting at her fly, her aspirations to fly then you got like the the clone trooper is just over top of her like she can't get over she her life is the resistance her life is the rebels like it's like this is just the start of them being such a impact on her life, good or worse, or good or bad, you know. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about Harris some more here and, and some of her connections. But let's move on to uh, uh, highlight number two: the Empire rules Ryloth. Which again, this is very much like uh, it's just more context and seeing and seeing how how the Empire runs things. And uh, I, I thought it was I thought it was powerful. Uh, I, Chan, Chan, I think his name is, or Cham, he was, when he was giving the speech to his people, and he's like, look, uh, the, the clones have helped us so much, and, and who are we now to turn back on them? And I thought that that was like a, a very powerful point, you know, and it's it kind of, it's like, it's all, it's very understandable why somebody would be like, okay, we, like, uh, you were following us for so long, and now we'll follow you, for better yeah. or worse. I think the thing that I've liked the most from Bad Batch is showing how much the Empire was so prepared for this and ready and had things in place. Like, this was not something they just willy-nilly did Order 66. Like, this was – they had everything set up for what they were going to do next afterwards. And to me, this has shown how unprepared everyone else was. And, like, yeah, we know the Empire is bad. We know they're Sith. They don't know that. So, like, it is interesting to try to, like, put myself into their mind of, like, yeah, he, he, like, knows something's off, but he can't – he's right. He has so much history with the Clone Wars that you – clones that you have to trust the clones at this point to some degree. What else do you have to do? Yeah, no. And uh, uh, another another character that comes up here – and this might be – this is, like, the kind of thing that I do appreciate. Uh, Senator Tom, which he is – he is – more or less his origins is a background character in the prequels. Right. Um, and we're just learning a little bit more about him. And uh, he's not like, uh, he's not the nicest character of the bunch here, but again, I think that's like, okay, we've learned something new about this guy. Right. Um, and, and I don't know if I could say that for even the main characters and these two episodes. Yeah. 
But I did love the, and this is again, I might be just a fan of the Empire because I loved like the, I can't remember his name, but the Empire guy that was here. Uh, he, the way he talked to people and they get so quickly, like, it felt like a salesman at times. He's like, don't worry, like we're, we're just here to help you. And it was like, well, why do you have all this military stuff? It's like, hey, don't don't worry about it. Like it's not, listen, it's for you guys. Like it's, it really uh, was an interesting thing of like, they're not just power, like they, they have the power, but like, they are good with their words too. And like, like it is this kind of like you pretend until you can't pretend anymore. It's like, they're trying to be friendly, pretend to be friendly to the empire. And the minute you start to back on them, they already have things in place. Like he knew what he was doing when he was setting them up. Uh, here's the biggest issue with the empire, right? I, th I think what it is, um, it's paranoia. Um, because they feel the need to have like an iron grip on all of these different planets and they need to have their presence there and they need to be militant about it. And it's like, uh, look, if you, you, you could be the empire and you could be successful at it and you don't have to like, like maybe you have presence on the planet, but like not letting them leave the city. And it's like, it's like, like they're not even doing anything bad yet. You know, it's like, calm down. It's like, if you guys would just chill, People wouldn't even hate the Empire. Like, uh, you know, it's like, just relax. Should we become the Empire of podcast? We go off and we just take over every podcast. Watch out, world. Yeah, just, uh, and we like take people's phones and, and like, who are these other podcasts on here, huh? Like, well, uh, huh, uh, what, is, what, uh, what is this? I'm going to unsubscribe. Yep. Yeah, I think that's what we had to do. You only listen to us. <laughs> We are your saviors. Oh no! Uh, yeah, that, that's 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 the empire there. Um, but I, I want to move on, kind of kind of getting back into the Harris stuff and, and and how she interacts with Omega. Highlight number three is is Hera and Omega, and this was yeah, this was some like the coolest stuff. Omega has a friend. How about that? Omega makes a lot of friends. I feel like like Omega is like a popular person. She's friends with Sid, who's like an adult. That might be weird, but hey, uh, good thing she's got a friend her own age. Yeah, I, I love this. Again, I, I had to like not think too hard of like, it's too, like, again, it's like a problem people have with Star Wars and what I sometimes have is like everything is connected, right? It's like the Skywalkers are connected to everything. Like, that's the big one, you know? And uh, this is getting to that territory for me. It's like, of course, Omega has to be connected to Hera. Like, they have to be best friends because it's like these two characters from the same universe we love. So, it's you know, it feels too like, what are the chances, you know? Yeah. And again, I, I, I might want to put a pin in that a little bit more as far as like the future of Omega and Hera, which I think that's going to be something to look at because I don't, I don't think this might be like, like I say, we didn't learn anything new, but maybe, and maybe we didn't, but more so it's setting up other things that are new. And uh, I, I don't think it's an impossibility that we see Omega and Hair reconnect in some fashion much further down the line, like post-Rebels. I totally agree. So that, that, that'll be fun to like, and, and a lot of it, like, uh, I like, I like the, the tour of, uh, Omega giving the tour that, that, that was precious. And, and like Hera, like seeing like the cockpit and everything. That was cool. Yeah. 
I think the parts that I do like that we got like learning more about characters, right? Is Omega like I kind of like that it feels like she's kind of learning from her brothers. Like she's a little more tough when she's like she's like don't touch anything. Like she's like treating Hera like they treated her when she first came on. So it's like that was kind of fun to see from Omega. Yeah, Omega's kind of sassy. Yeah, I <laughs> and I don't know if it's like the accent makes it okay. Like when she's sassy, I'm like, oh you, oh yeah, Omega. Yeah. <laughs> We that yeah the New Zealand accent really like if it friendly everything up for sure yeah uh, anything else on Omega and Hera I know there's there's a lot more stuff in the the second episode that we watch as well um, where they kind of co-pilot and uh, cause some damage yeah I think we can talk about that a little bit here and like I liked and even just like that I love their chaos as co-pilots but I also liked Omega and Hera learning from each other of like that whole like strategic part and. Omega finding a way to help them. You know, Hunter basically lays down the law and says no. And Omega's like, how can I make this work for Hunter? Like, what he's saying makes sense. Hunter was completely right in his mindset. That, like, they were setting up for for death. Like, there was no way to win this battle. And Omega was like, cool, how do I find a way for us to win this battle? And I think using Hera in that way using that relationship, the, the fact that she can connect with people and then think about it and move it to a strategic thought process. Omega's cool. I'm, I'm more and more on board with what she's able to do in her her uh, capabilities. Uh, here's, here's my hot take, and it's something we haven't really explored too much in conversation about Omega, um, because it, I, I, I've been very wrapped up in, like, okay, who is Omega? Like, uh, obviously, she's with the Bad Batch, so she must have, like, an enhanced ability of some sort, or maybe she's Force-sensitive. Uh, I think I'm on the bandwagon now that she's just a person, you know? And, and I think that makes her even cooler, you know? And, and she is very capable. She's just a smart kid, which, I mean, I, that what's cooler than that? I mean, you don't need powers. That's, the, that's what's great about her. And she does, I mean, she does have Mandalorian blood. Like, she is Mandalorian, essentially. So, I mean, they, in their genes, they already have good genes to begin with. Correct. Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, we have pro, pro Omega podcast here. We love her. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else there on the two of them? Yeah, like I said, I just, I thought their conversations were probably the best of the episode. Like, I think their stuff, honestly, was what kept me engaged. Uh, to the Bad Batch part of it was Omega was that link um, and seeing the way she treated Hera again I think it does show her growth like I think if we're not looking at the Bad Batch as a whole I think Omega was probably the character that had the most growth in these episodes just in the sense that not in these episodes but in the series so far to think of where she was in episode one to now it's starting they're starting to show that instead of just telling us how much she's learning and how much you know we're seeing it with our own eyes yeah, she's becoming a boss. And she, like, takes matters into her own hands, too, which is cool. Just brave and smart. Don't yeah. need powers. All right, so let's move on to highlight number four, which is about uh, the little supply we're on, which that, that has a lot to do with Omega and Air as well, but also the, the battle that follows. And uh, and uh, we even get a little crosshair appearance there when he shoots him down. Um, th- this, was, this was exciting. This is, a, this is a fun action scene. Yeah, no, I mean, I I loved the whole battle. And, like, we need action scenes in this, right? And I I do like that each one we've gotten, and we've gotten a ton in the series so far, but they do feel different and fresh each time. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, when they have like the spears and they're like they're like jolting the clones off the speeders and uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff like that in there. So, um, what what <laughs> this is like a weird comparison and maybe going off board a little bit. Uh, you you remember Gregory from The Walking Dead? Yeah. <laughs> Gregory uh, Senator Ta reminds me of Gregory from The Walking Dead because yes. he's kind of he, he's got a lot of power right but he's also kind of a slime ball and he's very afraid of things and when like push comes to shove and he finds himself in a battle like this he's very frightened which uh, that was fun to see yeah no I he was interesting again it's like your stereotypical he, he goes to where the power is but the minute that he's not protected he's a scaredy boy uh but I, I love this whole supply run and like the whole again with that emperor guy like he's like I'm saving us but but again he already had it calculated he told Crosshair to get into position this was all this was a trap that no one knew was a trap except for him like he had this all planned out in order to get the senator uh, both senators out of the way and the yeah. general the big thing was the general he needed to get the general out of the way because it was clear that the the planet had his support and unless you prove that he is nefarious then you have no chance here. Right. And uh, yeah, that, that was the, the little assassination there uh, on Senator Tal. This was interesting. I, I don't, uh, I don't have the details here, but, but I heard some complaints that this may have been a bit of a retcon as well, because apparently Senator Tal shows up in some books and it doesn't necessarily line up. So um yeah, there's been a, there's been a quite a, there's been a couple things like that so far in this series where like it doesn't line up with like books or comics. Or... Are we talking about the big guy? Yeah. The, well, they did say that he's recovered, so it was like it wasn't a, he's not oh. dead. Yeah, they did say he did recover. I missed um, that. It was like a real quick line. I, he, I just, like, he got shot in the head, didn't he? That's what I was like. That's what I thought too. But then they kept mentioning that he'll be fine and like like I, oh, unless yeah. they're lying. But like I do remember the Empire guy saying I think at some point to someone of like. Your senator will make a full recovery. Bada bada ba. Um, is what is I he going to come back dumber now? Maybe like like a, like a puppet. Like it's going to be weakened. Maybe he is dead, and it's just going to become like a weakened at Bernie's thing. And the Empire is just going to pull him up there and be like, "Oh, don't you worry, I'm okay." <laughs> yeah, they need to put like a chip in us. Like uh, just make him like uh, I don't know, General Grievous him up or something. Like a cyborg. Yeah. I'm honestly surprised we haven't got like more cyborgs. I guess we got Echo. Yeah, yeah. I it's guess he's our he's our only cyborg right now. Yeah, right now, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> just just you wait. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what? Well, uh, uh, I mean, I can't, we kind of touched on this, but I, I did. I didn't hate the fact that the Bad Batch wasn't completely in this episode. I know the this this the supply run is where we see them briefly. Um, but it was that that was like kind of a cool touch. It's like they were the cameos in this episode, which was cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right in the first part. I I wholeheartedly agree that I didn't mind it. It just was like it felt almost like when a show does like a what's it called like a a spinoff pilot in their show where it's like this is to see if you have interest and then we'll pursue it else elsewhere. Like what they did with Bad Batch on Clone Wars. That's kind of how this felt with Hera. Yeah. Uh, but I don't mind it because it, it didn't. I think if you put the Bad Batch in there sooner, it, it wouldn't work. I think it needed to be about the you know this planet and their the people on this planet, not the Bad Batch people. But I like the fun cameo of the supply run, and of course, it sets up the second part of you know the second episode. Yes. Uh, 
Yeah, so let's uh you wanna talk about some cross crosshair here a little bit? Uh, yeah. Well, I this, mean, t- it's a lot. <laughs> I know. This is what I wanted from crosshairs though. Like I he's cool. He's yeah, like scary villain cool. because there's not much about him and he's so there's he doesn't like uh cookie cutter his way around it. He he's so straightforward about his mission, it's like there's no uh funny comments from him and he's so good at what he does. Right. Yeah, I'm so on board with him uh and like to me and this will get into our our next highlight but i do question like the chips and the how much control they have over the clones i understand his chip is very different but like i do wonder how much control they have over their intentions at this point now right it seems like it affects everybody differently like like i like i feel like I mean, we've we've had everything under the sun. We've had like extreme tyranny in the form of crosshair. We've had uh, people more so on the fence, and we've had people completely defect. You know, and uh, I, I, it almost seems like there isn't a, a whole lot of control there. I think what it was, at least the original chip. I think crosshairs is an upgraded chip that's supposed to uh, affect them permanently. I think the original chip it was just order 66 and once you succeed on that you get back your control so but i think the reason they're still working for the empire is like what else do they have all they know is they were you know uh told by the empire that the jedi betrayed them so they kind of have to believe that so i think it is interesting when you compare crosshair to the rest of the clones but i love his storyline his new you know it's kind of what i was asking for i wanted him to become like an inquisitor who's just chasing them down and now he finally got permission to do that uh i am on board for evil crosshair yeah i was kind of because last time we saw him he was very bandaged up right uh he kind of he had that explosion or that blast on his face and he was very bandaged up and this time i was like he he healed that quickly but we got a glimpse of it he's got a pretty gnarly scar on his head so there you have it scarred up crosshair they call him scar hair cross scar (laughs) cross we'll workshop it (laughs) yeah yeah all right so let's move on this is this uh highlight number six this one is uh it's probably a minor one but this was a character i actually probably uh my favorite new clone and maybe it might be like the only new new clone character but okay i really like hauser uh hauser was a lot of cool and the weird thing about hauser was i saw a lot of memes uh people are thirsting over hauser Oh, they're attracted. Apparently, he's very he's he's one of the more handsome clones. Ironically, is it the haircut? Maybe it just goes to show what a good haircut can do. I guess uh, that's yeah, because that's really the only difference. <laughs> yes, I saw like four memes that were like uh, like Hauser thirst traps. Oh, well, Stark Warriors, let us know. Are you thirsty for some Hauser? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is another example of somebody that like, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to do good. Right. And I don't think that ever really changes throughout the episode. He's just, he's, he's just searching for the right thing. Right. And, uh, yeah, that, uh, uh, what do you think of Hauser? Yeah, I, I liked him, but again, it goes to my, like, it's the talk of the chip of like, he almost had so much control. And I'm cool with that. It's just like they haven't set it up yet. So I was a little surprised when he's like questioning the Empire because I'm like, I kind of thought of them at this point of, except for the Bad Batch, as kind of mindless puppets. 
and the fact that they do have some free will in there, like I almost want to study that more because how do you think they feel now of like they're back into the free will, but they know that they murdered their friends, the Jedi, the people they fought wars with. Uh, how what did that do to your psyche? You know, like I, I that's the part that I'm interested with him, but uh, I did like his storyline. I did like where he was like. I want to help you guys. Like I want to help Hera. And like with this, uh, the general was basically like how I already trusted you once I sh- threw my trust to you and you guys, you, 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 I now I'm in prison. So like clearly, clearly I can't trust you with my daughter. And I did like, he's right. It was a really cool story, uh, twist to put in there. And it helped give more depth to both characters, to all the, like, like it was, like you could see that he cared, but again, it's like, do you go about, do you trust your own gut over the orders that you as soldier have been given? It's a question that's asked all the time in media with, with when you get into soldiers. Yeah. It's really making me nervous about the future of the clones. I feel like we're really walking upon something very dark coming soon because more and more we're seeing these clones kind of defect. And obviously they make that decision at some point to switch to stormtroopers. So uh, it, it, it's not going to end great. I, I don't know where they go. But I, think they get, I think they get terminated. I think I'm mean, in the future. We only really see three or four of them still alive. And it seems like they, they just ran away. Um, I, I think the empire is, I think they are temporarily for the empire. I think they don't see them as a long-term solution. How we get there exactly. I'm not sure, but I, I do think, I think we can put the clues together. A lot of these guys might be going bye-bye. Do you think this Disney Plus animated TV show is capable of, like, just killing all the clones? I think they'll do it classy-like, you know? Like, they're not going to, like, show us brutal murder, but, like, maybe we see, like, helmets falling to the ground, like, that sort of stuff, or, like... A classy mass murder. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I mean, they... (laughs) Think about when uh, the end of Clone Wars, when they murdered all those clones on the the ship that went down. They just kind of gave them classy burials, and you know, yeah. it wasn't we didn't see a bunch of dead bodies around. This would this would just feel like whether it's like a a switch that they flip to like just turn them all off, or like they hunt them down Order sixty six style. Uh, either way, I just feel like it, that's so dark. It's so dark, and then I, we're not talking. Because it would have to be, like, most of them, at least. It's yeah. not, like, a shit full of them. It's going to be, like, a galaxy full of them. Yeah, but, I, you know, they don't see them as people. They see them as weapons. They see them as clones. They don't see them as living, breathing things, you know? Yeah, this is it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tough to watch whenever that comes, and it is coming. Uh, yeah. The question is when and how. But um, but I mean, do we expect anything less from the Empire? Like the Empire is yeah, evil. No. It's been established for years. Like I don't put it past the Empire to murder a bunch of clones. Now maybe Disney, you know. But again, like if they're trying to tell the story of Star Wars, if, if the Empire is gonna be like, you know what, we don't wanna we don't wanna hurt these clones we're gonna put them on a nice vacation we're gonna send them to a planet and they're just gonna live out their days there that's not the empire they're not gonna do that fair fair you're right you're right so uh let's move on to our final highlight here the rescue which this is uh this kind of uh really encapsulates a lot of that second episode um we talked about Hera and omega and, and their little 
uh, joyride they took. Um, was there anything else that really stuck out here? I know. Uh, I mean, we get some more crosshair and all of this madness. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like it's the culmination of everything we've talked about before. I love seeing Omega kind of do some things on her own, help the plan, you know, trusting her own gut over the team sometimes. Uh, I liked the kind of like fake out. It was like a diversion. Hauser coming in and, and helping. I thought overall, like this, again, was probably one of the most crisp spots where we see everyone do something even like crosshair we see crosshair and like what he's thinking and processing and like each person that's been established in the last two episodes kind of gets a moment in this rescue scene yeah that is that is kind of uh i mean this arc is shorter than what you would usually get in like the clone wars usually i mean it, it seems that this is over right we're not getting another hair episode you wouldn't think well not like directly following at least no, I think we'd get one, like, if we're getting anything, it's, like, maybe... I could see them doing the whole, like, get the team, and anyone they met throughout the series is going to come at the end and say... Oh, Star Wars loves doing that stuff. Yeah, the uh, yeah the, the Suicide Squad-type team-up. Yeah, totally. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, that's where I see her coming back, is, like, in that type of situation. But uh, I think, like, this was a nice two-episode... To me, I, I liked it in the sense of, like, compared to the other cameo we got with her future lover, it was just kind of like a, it felt like a cameo. It was just like, ah, there he goes. Bye. See you later. Yeah. This felt more like, okay, at least they're trying to establish more backstory with her. They're trying to do something more with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, again, it got in my head. I, I, I think that uh, all of this more so is leading up to some sort of maybe future hair content, which, um, if, if you will, uh, let, let's go into like uh, this is our mailbag segment because I got a question from uh, Greg Dunlap. Uh, uh, he was a guest on this podcast. And he raised an interesting question. And it really was one question about Crosshair, but it led into like the future of the series. So his question to me was, do you think the Bad Batch will successfully fix Crosshair? I'm leaning towards now. Which, I mean, that means a lot of things. Uh, will he be redeemed? Uh, will the story end well? But his prediction led on to say that he thinks that Crosshair is going to be a multi-season big bad and... Yeah, I'm kind of curious what you make of that. How, where do you see this going? Is Crosshair done by the end of the season, or or is he going to be in other shows? What, what? How do you see this ending, Brown? I see that. I I don't see this series going more than one season. Frankly, I I think this is it, and I think like it's going to end with. I agree that Crosshairs is not getting fix at least till the end i think he's gonna get he's gonna they're gonna fix his chip in the penultimate they're specifically letting him leave the empire and going off on his own to go chase him down so there's going to be a point where they're going to be able to fix his chip i don't think it's going to be like too soon where we're going to get him part of the team i think it's going to happen they're going to have a mission to go like really disrupt the empire fix something and sacrifice themselves but they're going to do it as a family as a whole unit uh, maybe Omega gets out. Maybe she's, you know, the last uh, clone, the last uh, Bad Batch member that's out in the world. But I do think that, like, Crosshairs will join his brothers by the end of the series, and uh, they will sacrifice themselves. It's where I'm leaning to at this point. 
That that's a good call, and uh, yeah, I was actually I was kind of I was trying to spoon feed you into that conclusion that I agree. I, I don't think that there's going to be another season of the show, um, but I think it will set up. Uh, there may be an announcement of another show possibly, or uh, again, I, I still believe that it's a big possibility that Omega shows up in either the Mandalorian or the Book of Boba Fett. Um, obviously, there'd be a lot of story to tell in between there, so maybe it goes on to like uh, an Omega focused show. Could we see her, like, they've been setting up Fennec a little bit in their relationship. Could we see her become almost like an apprentice to Fennec at some point? And then, like, they get, they go up and they meet back up in the book of Boba Fett. Like, could that be something that we see happen? Yeah, and that's another thought because I think Dave Filoni, not, he doesn't, it's not even just the, like, master and apprentice that he likes. It's the master and apprentice and apprentice's apprentice, right? He likes that generational, and I see it in Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka, and the Clone Wars, uh, and yeah, I could totally see that being, like, Boba Fett is is kind of like training Finnick Shan, but in, in return, Finnick Shan is training Omega, whether it be at the same time or after the fact. Yeah, that's I agree wholeheartedly that that could be a future. I mean, that's the thing. What is cool is it kind of – I could see it going multiple different ways. It doesn't feel like they've uh, shoehorned us too much where it's like this is clearly where this is going. I can see avenues because it almost has been kind of ambiguous, right? Like they haven't really made a stance of really where this show is going. Yes, we still have plenty of time. Uh Maybe not too much time. I don't know how many episodes we have left, but I believe we have four left. Four left. So again, yeah. not pl- not that much time. So I think yeah, I think my theory of like in the next couple episodes, crosshairs will be uh, fixed. I believe like again, I think the penultimate is when we're going to be looking at that, and he's going to like get fixed and then tell him, hey, the Empire has this plan that I've been privy to. We need to stop it. And he's going to be the man on the inside that's going to be able to get them through. They're going to do it and either get caught or killed. Um, maybe they escape. I just, I just don't see that for their future. Yeah. And what, what I told Greg when talking to him was uh, that's the original question. Will they fix crosshair? I have no idea. Like, I'm not confident that, that he's going to get his chip fixed, but I'm also like, I wouldn't put money on anything at this point. And I think that's, what's really cool. If there, if there is like one great thing that we can pull from the bad badge is I can't predict where this is going at all. You know, uh, Loki, obviously, there was a lot of uh, clues that kind of led us to a conclusion, and it happened. And uh, WandaVision was very similar in that way. Uh, so these Marvel shows, they're a bit more predictable than something like this. I, I really, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's going to be a second season. I don't know if Crosshair is going to be redeemed. Uh, because my thing is with Crosshair, we've seen him be, like, we've seen it be nice for an episode and even then he was still like kind of snarky like he never was like a belovable friend of ours right so it's hard for me to be like we're gonna get back to that place with crosshair you know it's like but he never was that great to begin with so it's it's just hard for me to picture it no then that's like i think they're gonna get the family in the sense of like we're gonna see him like have a moment with his brothers and, and ask for forgiveness but i don't see it being uh he's not part of the team and everything's gonna be okay uh that's just not you're right. Like the the family has kind of shifted with that. Like they kind of have a new dynamic, and it's all it's Omega baby, and I just don't see how he fits into this new dynamic. What if Omega like replaced you and your family? <laughs> how would you feel? 
You'd probably start sniping people too, huh? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's not even chipped at this point. He's just like jealous of of Omega. Like he does have free will. He's just like choosing this lifestyle because they replaced him with a child. Yeah. Do you think Omega will get a cool crosshair scar? Oh, I'm down. I'm pro scar. I'm always. I love scars. So Anakin had a cool one in, in the prequels. So I'm down for it. I'm cool scar if like it looks cool. There's some scars that don't look cool. Yeah, that and, I, and I, that that's a good point. I, I don't mean to offend anybody because I know that's like a serious thing. But uh, at the same time, it's like embrace your scars. You know, uh, you're beautiful in every way, and uh, l- let's do it. I love scars. It scars means, it means you're you're stronger because of it. And it tells a story. There's a story yes. behind every scar. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right, Tommy. Well, you have anything else on these two episodes here? No, like I said, I, I did act, enjoy the journey of it. it. It was one of the two episode parts that we've done that. I've, like, really enjoyed both episodes for different reasons, but I did enjoy them. I, I kind of consider them one episode, which is like a, like a part one, part two, which we got a lot of in Clone Wars, and I wouldn't mind them doing that more here, is having like episodes that are two-parters instead of just like individual journeys. Right, yes, and... Uh... Of course, now we're here. We are at the end of the coming up on the end of the se- season, so uh, we'll see. We'll see if we get anything else like that. Um, but yeah, let's let's hop on out. We'll hop into our news segment here, and uh, again, a lot of this stuff is we can't confirm anything. And and from what I've read, especially about this one, that there's nothing. You know, it, it it treads the line between news and spoilers, right? Because. I, Personally, I don't like this type of news. If it comes out, I'm going to absorb it because that's the type of person I am. But I never like actively seek this stuff out. Um, but but again, if like Disney Plus is like advertising something, I call that fair game. Um, I'm not seeing anything about uh, some of these casting rumors that are specifically like Disney announcements. But we just wanted to put it out there. Um, the Obi Wan series, there's there's some uh, very interesting casting choices going on. One of which being from Rebels, and one of which actually being from the original trilogy. So uh, we'll leave it at that. And look, if you if you want to go stick that stuff out, fair game, no no judging. But but what is interesting to me is Disney did release like their first cast, right? There there was like a bunch of people. We saw the the we saw Benny Safdie. We we saw all kinds of people that were announced. And that to me again, that's fair game. But then you start getting some of this other stuff that's like uh, some behind-the-scenes reports. Look, we'll leave that to you guys. That, that yeah. That's our news segment. There is some interesting Obi-Wan casting out there. Yeah, we'll alert you if it's out there, but we don't want to We don't want to yeah. force that upon you if you are someone that doesn't want to seek that out. And even, even like if we did say spoiler warning, let's talk about this. It's like, um, for me, it's like, I don't. I don't. I still don't want to do. Even if you're like interested in that, like I still don't want to do that. I, yep. I, it has to be your thing. And maybe your maybe your phone is like a hundred yards away, and you're listening on AirPods, and you haven't run to your phone yet to turn off the spoiler section. So that would be weird. <laughs> All right, Tommy. Let's. Has <laughs> that happened to you? <laughs> no. It sounded so specific. Not yet. <laughs> Uh, after dancing around news a lot, let, let's just dump it. Let's let's, let's go right into our uh, weekly recommendations. Um, and, and I've got a good one. It's not a repeat recommendation like last time. 
Well, we don't know if last time was. I thought I, don't, I still don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so this week I want to recommend Gunpowder Milkshake on Netflix. Um, this is uh, Gillen, the actress Gillen, uh, Karen Gillen, I believe her name is. She played Nebula in the Marvel movies. Um, she stars in this new movie called Gunpowder Milkshake. And what it is, to me, I think the best way I would describe it is like, it's like a cross between John Wick and Kill Bill. And it's John Wick because there's a lot of really fun action. Uh, and it's Kill Bill because it's very cheesy. And, and I wanted to compare it to Kill Bill because if I say, oh, the dialogue in this is like really weird and it's not great and it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of out there. Anyway, it would probably turn some people off. But when you compare it to Kill Bill, because Kill Bill has some very cheesy dialogue, but this movie did too. So uh, give it a chance. It's actually a lot of fun. Uh, again, it's it's just one of those, uh, it, it's just a constant fight. This whole movie is just, it's a one big fight scene. But I will say that like, they did some very inventive stuff in this movie. Uh, there's some like a very original set pieces that I've never seen in anything. That's like really crazy, really over the top and a lot of fun. So if that's something you're interested in, a gunpowder milkshake on Netflix, I highly recommend it. It was a fun movie. I will give it a try. I will not try a gunpowder milkshake, though. Like a real-life gunpowder milkshake. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Yeah, 10 out of 10, probably don't try it. My recommendation is staying in that Disney world. I finally got around to watching Cruella. And I thought it was a fun movie. There's some... You had to take it as its own entity. There's some consistency stuff. I'm like... But, uh, obviously, Emma Stone does an amazing job in the role. And uh, a nice, fun movie. I'm a big Emma Stone fan. so, And I'm not like... I was never like a big Disney animation kid. Like, that stuff, I just... Like, I watched Star Wars when I was a kid. I watched Indiana Jones. I watched uh, James Bond, right? That, like, that's what I grew up with. Uh, for better or for worse. Uh, so I, I was never like a, I, I never knew a whole lot about 101 Dimensions or uh, that world. I don't know what, how many movies there are. Um, but uh, I did watch Corella because I'm a big Emma Stone fan. And uh, yeah, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Very fun movie. Emma Stone's the best. Yeah. So d- double, double it down there. Um all right, Tommy. I, I guess that's it. I, I want to talk about like uh, what, what, what we got coming up, right? We, we talked about it a little bit in Loki, um, but I, I think we have some more solid plans now. Um, so around the middle of this week, we're planning to drop a Disneyland podcast, specifically highlighting Galaxy's Edge and Avengers Campus, which I'm super excited to talk about. Um, uh, me and my brother visited. He'll be there with me on the podcast. It's going to be... Uh, it. it it was a fun experience, and I think, look, if you haven't got to experience it and you don't think you'll be able to experience it in a while, just uh, check it out and uh, I, I live vicariously through us because we were like kids in a candy store. It was a lot of fun. Uh, if you're watching the video version of this podcast, I have the lightsaber that I built right behind you. That, that, that's, a, that's a preview. We'll talk about that whole experience as well. So, uh, And then towards the end of the week, we're looking at a Black Widow podcast. Which again, uh, we'll have more stories to come from there because Tommy and I saw it together in person. That was a lot of fun. So look forward to that one. Um, 
But yes, now I, I just wanted to throw out some thank yous to our good buddy Aaron Robertson, who did our music, and Ethan Kellum, who did our logo. I also like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, hey, I said it before, you guys have uh, y'all been doing a great job at doing that. So if you haven't, uh, ask yourself, why not? You don't like giving reviews? Fine. I don't either. Um, I won't judge you. But if you do enjoy this and you think it's five-star worthy, hook us up. That'd be nice. Uh, also, please subscribe. Tell a friend. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at StarCoursePod. And ask us for a Discord link. We've been uh, we've been on Discord talking a little bit. Uh, so come join our little community there. Uh, but I think that's all we got for you guys. So thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you two more times this week. Bye. Bye.